So I thought I would open this episode of the podcast with my stirring rendition of O Solo Mia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do you think? I think uh, that, oh, oh, okay, go ahead. I mean, yeah. Placido Domingo's got nothing on my version, so here we yeah, go. He'd be a great Yachty singer. Silence, please. Why did you cut all that out? That was great. It was irrelevant, uh, wasn't yeah. it? All right. Well, thank you, I guess. And I think the listeners thank you. So welcome back, John, to uh, Out of the Main. Yes, yes. The tide is high. Ooh, and so am I. Yeah. Wait, is that the right genre? I have actually seen that song have posted you? before. Yeah. Really? I th- that's got to be. <laughs> when you think about that, it's got to be a uh, Trojan horse. Yes. Entrance, right. But go ahead. Well, today we are talking about solo, specifically a take on the best guitar solos of Yacht Rock. I don't think this is, at least I didn't try to create a list that I thought was the top 10 because I I don't know if that's possible. Did you approach it that way? Sort of, but I know that it evolves over time. You know, you hear something in the right context and you're wowed by it. And yeah. then you know, six weeks later, it's different. But I would say a few of these, yes. I would say a few of my probably belong on that list, but I didn't approach it that way because I knew as soon as I came up with 10, put it out on a podcast that someone's going to say, how did you not include this? So Yeah, or you uh, might even say that. How did I forget? Right. Well, maybe, yeah, because there's no way our lists are duplicative. So, um at least 10 for 10. So I have 10, you have 10. Right. We are going to not count them down necessarily in order unless you want to do yours that way. Um, I'm just going to present mine in the order that just they sort of flowed for me. Okay. In- mine are loosely in a top 10 order. But- okay. Well, I wanted to start, though, because I wanted to start with a guitar solo and a guitar soloist that is very familiar to people. Because I didn't want to go obscure, but I wanted people to just focus on this guitar solo that they've heard a million times. In the context of a beef I have. Okay. Do you want the beef? Yeah. <laughs> I don't care why you asked that. Of course. <laughs> Answer that, I should say. All right. So There's a flag there. Right. right yes. Yeah. So, here's my beef. So, if you hear, like, the general music fan, when they start talking about the guitar gods of all time, mm-hmm. you hear a lot of the same names. Eddie Van Halen, mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy Page, Jimi Hendrix. You might get a guy like Steve Vai. And then in the sort of cock rock era, you might get a Nikki Six or a CeCe DeVille. Right? Yeah. Okay. I never, you know, growing up and listening and reading these lists and listening to these conversations, hear Steve Lukather put in the context of all-time guitar gods. I think... Yacht Rock He never do. is. He ne- never is. That is a crime. Yeah. As I've discovered listening to more and more Yacht Rock, Toto specifically, but also everything else he's performed on, he is one of the all-time masters. Critics hated the, the Toto. I mean, it goes back to, you know, our Toto broadcast or our Toto episode. You know, the critics were hard on them. They didn't rock hard enough or they rocked uh, in the wrong way or who Ugh. knows. Well, let's start with, so that that's my one Okay. Reason I I bring it up, and I want to talk about Rosanna. Which well, is he, you know he's my all time. Yes, yeah, so, I do. Okay. So I'm we preaching to the choir, right? But to everyone else out there, so oh. so Rosanna, we've all heard the mm-hmm. song a million mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. What, the other thing I wanted to put this out there first because I think it's it's representative of something that I find comes up a lot, which is you've got the guitar solo in the middle of the song, yeah. But at the vamp or the fade out, you get you let the guitar soloist loose again and yeah. some of his tastiest stuff is at the end as it's fading mm-hmm. out so mm-hmm. um so let's take these two sections the the guitar solo of rosanna coming out an amazing synth solo right right and then it goes into this ripping guitar solo Yeah, 
Yeah, you know what? I, that, that one is just, he comes out and it's more of a, at least it, it starts with just a couple of soaring long notes, you know? Yep. And then builds to something with the with the more speed and all that and stuff. And the histrionic runs. But, that, yeah, but it starts off with that statement of just that one, you know. Yep. Mm. And not only is he showing you everything, but not everything, but what he can do. But it's so technically, there's no mess to it, right? So, like, the other guitar god that comes up a lot is Slash. I right. personally love Slash. Slash is, though, he's a very messy tactician, and he's not precise. Right. For sure. He's very melodic, and I think he can write a beautiful yeah. lead guitar solo. But th- what he can do without any muss and fuss, and when you, now you're hearing, you're reading about the fact that it was second take or so, right. it's just amazing. I was amazing. just going to say that. Yeah, these are first, second takes, what he did. And then quickly, let's go to the, the end of this song. goes into what I, I would describe as a coda, which is a soul, different key, different vibe. And this is just, now they feel like a jam band, just kind of jamming, and then he's ripping off this stuff at the end. Well, here he, um, according to uh, you know everything that I've read, that 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 whole section was not planned. That whole section just kind of came up as they were cutting this take, and apparently Jeff must have nodded to Paige or something that he's going to kick back in, and everybody just joined in. And Luke says he played that whole solo section right there live with the basics on that take, and then they went back and overdubbed the guitar solo that we played previously from the middle of the song. Wow. So he yeah. didn't recut that any of that guitar work at the end. That was the, that right. live take. And oh, you know wow. what? You can you, you can tell Lukather when he's done those things like that. Our first take, or what he got the nickname of Take Zero, because mm-hmm. a lot of times there would you know his practice take. Any good engineer knows you hit record even when you tell him I'm just getting sound because you never know what you're going to capture. Right. And a lot of those Take Zero takes, you can tell the difference because that's when he seriously takes chances and does wild crazy stuff a lot of it's probably because he's trying to push his rig to make sure that you know it's gonna respond the way he expects Mm. it to Mm -hmm. but you listen to some of the stuff he does in that it's because he's just yeah i'm just i'm just going yeah and he's warming up so he probably wants to really get it going yeah right anyways so if he was not in the pantheon of guitar gods before he's man he sure should be now and going forward all right what do you got? Number 10, well, since I'm gonna, you're down. Well, I'm going to take mine out of order because I have something that is a direct response to that. Cool. Um, and this is going to come off as a shameless self-promotion until you hear it. Um, but with my Page 99 project, one of the songs that we did was specifically supposed to have certain things that nodded, a nod and a wink to Toto and specifically Rosanna. Mm-hmm. To the point where when the solo section comes... I built out this synth solo with like five different synths mm-hmm. that builds up, and then that launches into the first guitar solo, which exactly what I told uh, Colton Weatherston, who is guitarist on this tune, Killed he it. can play anything. But I gave him a few things that said, invest yourself in Steve Lukather and Jay Graydon. Now, he knew who they were, but... You know, they weren't maybe top of mind at the time. And he came back with this solo right here. And this is like he just lived and breathed Luca.
what's the name of this song again? This is Fantasy World. This song, oh my God. This song is exemplary of something else I'm going to bring up later too, but the song's grooving along and you're cool and everything's good. Oh, good solo. And then what he does at the end too. Just... Well, that was the thing is I kind of, I wanted to nod to that same idea that end. So we shift to the relative minor at the end, like they do it at Rosanna. And I just said, I'm going to turn you loose. We're going to play one chord. It's a D minor seven the whole time. And I just want you to throw everything you've got at it. And this is what he did. That is good show, Sir Colton, because <laughs> that is good. Now, he did that in the first take, huh? Great. Good job, Colton. Yeah. Okay, moving along. He's not telling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's killer, though. So I'm curious where you put that on your top ten, though. Uh, I did have it at number three, actually. Wow, pretty Believe high. Believe it or not, yeah. But, but I think uh, when people hear it, yeah. they, it's justified yeah. that high. So, All but right. I um, actually, my number ten, if I may uh, yeah, go ahead. We'll do the snake draft style. My number 10 wasn't because of the histrionics or the, um, the the technician or anything like that. This, and I'm not even entirely sure how Yachty people think this song is, but to me this solo is iconic. Uh, probably because of its just melodic nature and its sound. But Thomas McClary from the Commodores on Easy. That's one that I always sing along to. Yeah. Yeah. And I probably do it really annoyingly. You slide up. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta know where that comes in, you yeah. know, or you're not cool. Or you, you goose who's ever next to you and you make them make the yeah. sound. Nice. Yeah. But I love that's a great call. Mm-hmm. It is. And it's so iconic. I remember that's that guitar solo specifically reminds me of my youth. Like being mm-hmm. at my house when I was mm-hmm. about, I don't mm-hmm. know, nine or ten years old and just hearing that. So great tune. Well, you wondered how long it would take me to get to Bill a bounty. Not long, apparently. Not long. So this solo is done by Dean Parks. Ooh. And this is a half-time shuffle by, I believe this was Carl playing this. Look Who's Lonely Now. Not sure offhand. Probably, but not positive on that one. What I like about this, two things that I think are just amazing. First of all, I'm, I'm glad Dean Parks made it into my top ten list. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's another unsung hero, for I sure. I know, but I think more of his rhythm parts. I don't really focus on his solos as much. So Interesting you say that, because yeah. one of my notes about this is listen to how his phrasing of the lead kind of hops along with the halftime shuffle. Mm. And as he's doing it, listen to how he's also purposely interplaying, almost like call and answer, but trading phrasings with the synth melody that's coming in and out as well. And so listen to this. Yeah, it's so melodic, and yep. yet uh, so aware of the other parts around it, isn't yes. it? That's yeah, cool. so locked into the, yeah. the beat, too. I just yeah. love it. The shuffle thing he's playing right along with, yeah. 
Very cool. So, yes. Yeah, so the rest of mine are all Bill of Bounty songs. Okay. What's next? Um, <laughs> oh, this next one is not. No, I'm sorry. Okay. This is off Christopher Cross. The, it's the number one song, like the first track of the album, and it's got a really interesting solo. The song is called Say You'll Be Mine. Yeah. And the song kind of is vibing along as a Christopher Cross song. Well, right. And then all of a sudden... Jay Graydon just comes ripping this lead. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> but he's doing it in harmony. Yeah, that was a big thing that he did a lot of times. So. Yes. Yeah. And so I, this has got to be a harmonizer because if not, if you played this twice. Uh, anyway, take a listen to this. I'm sure he's layering additional parts over that just for the way those harmonies now sound. Now that I hear it again, yeah. it does, yeah, but it's it's still really technically tight. But he's always got something specific that is the theme of his solo again. We've talked about before, you know, the way he opens up with that thing, that becomes a thematic thing in his solo. It's not just I'm going to rip my ideas, you know, it's there's a mental cerebral side to it. It's interesting you picked one from that album because, uh, from Christopher Cross because I have my very next one. Oh, really? Is Christopher Cross as well. And uh, this time, um, there's not much to say other than this is just classic Larry Carlton. 1979, and this is I Really Don't Know Anymore. That's another example, too, is the, the song's vibing. And then he comes in and just wails it. It yeah. takes it to like another place thematically too, because it's like now we're gonna rock. Yeah, it's funny um, because Larry Carlton always has a little bit of that jazzy side to him. Yeah, I saw an interview with him where he always says he thinks a fifth above whatever. Hmm. So if it's an A chord, he's always thinking a fifth above it. He's thinking in terms of playing in, over an E chord, and so that gives him that close relationship to the chords, but like above it. Is that a common jazz technique? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, interestingly, um, I'm going to cut in line because you went Larry Carlton. Okay. And the next one on my list was actually Larry Carlton. Let's do it. And if you – I decided to do a little research just to see what the people think, you know? Mm-hmm. Find out mm-hmm. from the people. Yeah. And uh, there seems to be consensus as to what Larry Carlton's best guitar solo is. I looked at, like, discussion forums. There was actually a, a music website that did a reader's poll. Okay. And they all came back to the same song. It's a Steely Dan song. Yeah. Do you know what it is? Uh, no, but I bet it is from the, uh, well, I'm, I'm drawing a blank, the album prior to Asia, um, the Royal Scam album, because I know that's considered the Larry Carlton album. Yes. It which is song? From the Royal Scam, and what people say, and I can't argue, listen to this, Kid Charlemagne. Note he ends on is cool. Mm-hmm. What a tone, though, right? Oh, the tone's beautiful. Eesh. 
The other thing I noticed is it seemed to be a common staple with Steely Dan guitar solos, and maybe they were directed to do this, is that it comes out chill and maybe even a few measures of blankness, no notes, and then just kind of a little bit here, and it gives you, a, like, it's almost like spoon-feeding the right. solo until it eventually builds. Yeah, the jazz approach to a solo is the... Uh, the term building a solo, mm-hmm. you, you know, you don't come out with everything you've got. You're building an idea, you're building, you're speaking something, as opposed to the rock thing that is come out, melt your face, and yep. you know. Yeah, so he's really, we've said this before, but he's such a great blend of jazz influence and rock mm-hmm. sensibility. So, yep, well, that was naturally on my list, yeah. so you fit right into well, it. Well, I want to go back to Jay Graydon then, and um, um, this is an outro solo, which sometimes that's the place where um, if they if they play a more reserved idea in the middle and then the out for the fade out is when they're allowed to go nuts, as mm-hmm. we talked about. But uh, Mark Jordan, he produced the uh, Blue Desert album, and this is the outro of I'm a Camera. Just check out the note that he enters in on. You know, is what just you want to talk about entering like a face melter. Here you go. <laughs> Goes back to my beef at the beginning. It's what you know. I was talking specifically about Luca, but all of these guys could do stuff that should be the envy of all of guitardom in in rock lore if i just i think i threw a bunch of made up words together but you know what i mean it's I like do. Oh, it's a shame too that some of these people and i'm guilty of it myself i didn't know these catalogs the way i do now jay no. green dean parks larry Mm-mm. carlton you uh, may i do have a uh, i have a lukather story for you though as you know i've been going through the book for the second time i guess and taking notes because mm-hmm. we're going to do an episode uh probably an artist focus on lukather at some point but yep. um but this is a, a story that from the book, but it pertains so much to this. And it's the, um, in terms of the importance and the iconic nature. So Lukather was doing some, just starting to do some work with Boz Skaggs. He had done a little bit. Um, and then Boz was making his 1977 album, which is called Down Two Then Left. It was much more of a jazzy approach than Silk Degrees was before that. Calls Luke late at night and wants him to come down and play a solo on a song called A Clue. That is supposedly the one that gets Luke noticed as a session guy, possibly partly because he, you know, dropped everything and came down and did it and, mm-hmm. you know, came down uh, apparently at least clear headed enough. Right. Um, but uh, Michael Landau, who, you know, was maybe a few years ahead of Luke in the pecking order and obviously a, just a massively respected guitarist. He calls the solo a masterpiece, a beautiful moment in time. And supposedly Luke says it was the first or second take, as he recalls, because they did the tape was filled up. There were no take uh, tracks oh, really? for them to mess around with. They couldn't like take one, save it, and then open up another track. It's like, okay, so he felt the pressure to kind of do it first time. So check it out. I like that little ending phrase. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Imagine, you know, being called in the middle of the night and, you know, being able to produce that. 
Well, and he has another story that we'll have to tell maybe if we have time at the end of where he was in the same studio as somebody, and uh, another recording artist down the hall, and they knew yeah. Toto was cutting something. And they said, let's go see if we can get Lukather for a for a Yeah, a I got to get the, the details solo. on that one. I mean, that's part of what I'm looking for in the book, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. there's a good one, though. So that's what they call a cliffhanger. What else you got? Uh, well, I'm going to move us into a little bit different area. So this might be off the map because I'm going to go Little River Band, so our friends from Australia. Mm-hmm. This is a song that I I consider it you know it floats my boat. I put it on the boat. It's in my playlist. Do you remember I, I brought the song once? I think to uh, buried treasure status, and it's called "It's a Long Way There." Mm. And what I love about it, I, you know, I researched the song. I don't see any other guitarist credited other than Rick Formosa and is it Graham Gobble or Gobel? Gobel, Gobel, yeah. um, who they co-wrote the song. And I think they're just trading riffs. So you won't find as you're going through a a guitar solo, other than they are guitar soloing through the entire song mm-hmm. back and forth. So listen to a little bit of this. Pitch harmonics, you got tight little phrases. It's really snappy sounding yes. bluesy. Yeah. A little, yep. little country influence, country blues influence. Yeah, killer. A little bit. Honky tonk, yeah. So but that whole song's a treat because you you're never time. waiting more than ten seconds right. for a guitar solo. <laughs> so um so that was sort of my off the map thing. And slightly back on the map in that it's Steely Dan, but slightly off the map in that we haven't brought up this guitar player yet. Okay. Is one of my favorite Steely Dan songs that, again, maybe a little bit off the map and not entirely Yachty, but I love the song Night by Night. And I told you, I discovered the song on the jam band station. Yeah, on, which is bizarre. Yeah. It was a guest. I wish I could remember who it was. It was a guest DJ oh, okay. who brought it up. and said, Someone with taste. Yes, exactly. <laughs> precisely. Um, it's off Pretzel Logic. And the mm-hmm. guitar player is Jeff Skunk Baxter. Listen to what he's doing on yeah. this one. a different style because to me now that sounds like southern rock type yeah, influence for sure I mean, you can almost smell the moonshine as he's oh, playing yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's a great solo through, uh, it's just great guitar work but it, do you have any Skunk Baxter on your list I don't. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of, so I'm glad I, I included at least yeah, one. I'm glad I didn't think of uh, looking into his stuff great yeah. great call here's a different one um, Jim Messina obviously mm. from Loggins and Messina uh, he's most known for a very um, uh, snappy, countryish style approach. Then he kind of, on his solo album, he kind of got into this jazzy thing. But, man, that guy could play anything, I swear. 1981, though, this is from the album, it's just called Messina, and he rips a rockin' solo on this one. It almost doesn't sound like him, and this is called Money Alone, but check this one out. Kind of hear some of the country licks in there, but someone got a new fuzz box for Christmas, didn't they? Man? <laughs> well, it's funny you say those two things. I can picture myself at. You ever go to to like a a bar and you hear in the bar band and you're like, "Holy crap! Well, who is this guitar player?" Yeah, that's what it sounds like. The, the a he's got the fuzz box that he wants to show off. Yeah, and then uh, b he's a little histrionic, but mm-hmm. cool, but uh, just jamming out. So more yeah. moonshine for me on that one. Ooh, nice. 
Well, I got to go into something that I totally credit you for finding, and I don't know how you unearthed it, but the Buried Treasures, that is the Wilson Brothers album. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what I love about this album, so Lukather, I think, plays almost, if not all of the guitar solos on it, save one, maybe? I think, yeah, one song he's not credited on. So, in my initial take, what I listened to it is, this is a very good Yacht Rock album, but like any album, it's got some slower parts, mm -hmm. and I noticed that whenever I found myself getting a little bit bored... He would come in, Lukather, that is, and just rescued the song. Yeah. And it went from being eh to like, oh my God. So this song is not one that needed to be rescued, but and I know you have a lot of favorites on this record. Oh yeah. My favorite solo from Lukather on this album is a song called Just Like a Lover Knows. So you only have that little taste. Yeah, it's what, short, what, but what man, it's at work. Whew. But all that did was set up the vamp. Now I listen see. to this. All I'm right. jamming out here. Something tells me that song was supposed to end about 45 seconds ago, but they just let it go. He started throwing in some jazzy, like Larry Carlton stuff oh. there. He went off into a different key for a second. That's crazy. Yeah. And man, he shows you what he could do yeah. at the end. And I think they're like, we're not cutting any of this. No. Yeah. When you've got that, you bring this guy in and he saves your song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. I All right well, I'm going to stick with. Uh, I'm going to towel off real quick. Yeah, no. Hold on. I'm going to go out of order again because I got to stick with uh, Luca there. And this doesn't need a whole lot of of uh, introduction. So, um, but this is his solo in, uh, from England, Dan and John Ford Coley, mm. caught up in the middle. Ooh, boy. <laughs> that could be a, a kissing cousin to the song we just heard. I know. Thematic. It's a similar tone. Similar, similar phrases, yeah. Yep. Wow. Oh, similar histrionics when called for. Yeah. Some of those ripping, roaring notes that just hold out. Ooh. Yeah. I heard a little Prince in there, too. <laughs> you know, absolutely predated Prince's style. But, you know, Prince kind of borrowed from Jimi Hendrix style. Yes, for a little sure. Bit. Yeah, he did. But um, anyway, speaking of guitar gods that don't get their due, um, which is a good segue, actually, to okay. one of my favorite bands, which is Ambrosia. And... There's a off-the-map somewhat song that I love, or I should say Buried Treasure song, called Holding On to Yesterday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The song, um, I don't know, it's different for them because it doesn't sound like it was written for the radio. It's written for the album, and it uh, just yeah. kind of jams in part. Also has two, um, two solo sections. I can't find another... Um, attribution to a guitar solo So I'm assuming this is David Pack He can play I'm oh. sure it is And he proves it Let's listen
more the classic blues tone, you know, in the BB yes. King area. A little cleaner sound. Yeah, right. Yep. But some little of those jazzy runs. Yeah. He does a little bit more later on in the song, and I'll play a little of that. That was kind of a pleasant surprise. David Pack could play, at least for yep. me, that he could play that one. Yep. Who's up? Um, well, that'd be me, I guess. I it think was. it's you. Yeah, yeah. All right. I've only got two more and an honorable mention. So okay. Well, I'm going to move to this one. We uh, explored our uh, how sweet it is, right? So how sweet is this solo? This is, uh, as I've said, I've already told you my favorite state cows tune is Mr. White and partly because of this solo from Peter Freestadt it kills glad you brought that up because I just heard the song yesterday. I'm like, God, I can't remember who they said played this guitar solo. Yeah. He Ooh. is. He belongs up there with all these other guys. He's yeah. younger, obviously, but man, he's as good. Oh my God, yeah. So like he's got all of their attributes. He absorbed all of what they did and said, you know, Great built way to his own it. you know, thing out of that. Yep. So he's like uh, the bionic guitar man. <laughs> yes. Um, you got want to throw one more at me before I get to my final two? Yeah. I've got... Um, this one is way off the map uh, in terms of it's not really a uh, it's a much later tune in terms of yacht rock, but it is Donald Fagan, and I had to mention this one because um, the Sunken Condos album. What year was that? Twenty twelve, twenty eleven, something like that. I'm working from memory, but uh, the, the song on there called Planet Duranda hmm. has this guitar player, this uh, Kurt Rosenwinkel. I got to play you this <laughs> solo. He's a um, Berkeley College of Music guy. Oh, okay. So he was, uh, that's kind of what drew my attention to him. He was probably there only a couple years after me because uh, he, they say he started gigging professionally in 1990 and uh, I was there till 89. But yeah. uh, check out the way he plays this. This is, this is a guy who's got some jazz chops. Check it out. Yes, that is a whole um, different vibe, right? Yeah, it's kind of got like a West Montgomery yeah, vibe to for it, sure. like traditional jazz guitar. Yeah, the hollowed out sounds like a hollowed out Gretsch or a hollowed yeah. out uh, Les Paul. I yeah. love that tone, by the yeah. way. Through a little combo amp, you know, it's like it's it is what it is. Probably sitting on the amp and just yeah, kind of with know. his eyes half closed, just yeah, doing this. You exactly. Know? Let me know when you're going to run one. We just <laughs> did, sir. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so. I'm going to go back to a name that we brought up a lot today. I got one left unless you steal it. So let's see how this goes. Okay, well, This may be a steal. Then my final one you is not on your list, and you only left it off so that I could do it. Maybe. I'm guessing. Um, but I wanted to go back to Jay Graydon. Okay. And I wanted to go to his Airplay Days. Mm. Do you remember the solo for After the Love is Gone? No. Listen. No. Okay. The 
harmonies. <laughs> so yeah, but also his uh, his theme in that is the melody. Yes. Right? He takes the melody, works that, and then harmonizes it. Yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? Very cool. Yeah, it, actually, one of my fallbacks was uh, uh, his solo from Nothing You Can Do About It on the same album. Oh. Yeah, but I never realized, by the way, that their version is called After the Love Is Gone, and the Earth, Wind, and Fire version is After the Love Has Gone. I didn't know that either. Yeah, so well, see what a little research would do? I don't do research. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to give you my last one. Okay. And then you can give me your last one. So um, you did not include Grant Geisman on your list, did you? I did not. Talk about a jazz guy. Yeah. So what's impressive, I'm talking about specifically this, his solo in Feel So Good. Yeah. And there's three th- versions you need to listen to. The The single version is good. Right. It's awesome, right? It's just amazing. Just It's like playing as many notes as you possibly can without making it sound stupid. Yep. And he really gets up to that line. Then there's the extended single, or the album, album version, version, which is like nine mm-hmm. minutes long, and that solo just goes on forever. What's really impressive is his when he does it live at the Hollywood Bowl, yeah. and there are no parachutes, right. he still pulls it off, and right. I think it's the best version yet. Yeah, I think it is too. Well, let's get a little, little bit of listen to what we're talking about. should have known that you were going to go to that one. I you guess know it, I love it, Yeah, exactly. Um, I remember you said that before. That's one of your favorite moments. But uh, I had the other one that I think is the, is the obvious the, to me once you hear it. This is the obvious one. This is the solo of the Yacht Rock era. Wow. And I put this number one, and I defy anybody to tell me that there is any better guitar solo moment in Yacht Rock. Hold on. Unless you tell me the song isn't Yacht. But go ahead. What? It's the ultimate one and it's not even on my list correct what am i doing wrong well wait and see okay wait and see maybe you're gonna argue this song is in yacht rock which i guess i can accept that but i bet you it's high on the scale there is none better than the outro solo of lionel richie's running with the night Excuse me, I'm just warming up, right? Oh, my God. Well, I'm clearly doing something wrong, because not only is that, I think you're right, that's got to be number one. It's also, on the Yatsky scale, it got an 80.75 composite score, so it's definitely Yatsky. So you can't argue that it isn't. All right. Dang it. I can only argue that I've done everything wrong today. Mm -hmm. Mm. Well, 
my last song is just sort of an honorable mention because we're talking about guitarists and yacht rock, and we haven't even brought up George Benson. Oh, wow, yeah. So I just wanted to throw in, if you want to hear a guitar solo for about five minutes straight, just put in Breezin and just listen to how beautiful he yeah. plays. Good call. Well, I guess it's time for the new and improved lightning round, is it not? It is. It's time for the new and improved lightning round, and uh, I had to ask you a question regarding that. Okay. Um, I was thinking about... Um, the way we do this, particularly it's the yacht or not section that I've had in the past, I've had songs that I've either declared yacht and then decided later on that they're not or mm-hmm. vice versa. I've, I've said no to a song and then as time grows, I'm, you know, so I feel like it, it can be an ever evolving thing, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, it's more of like a, a snapshot in time. And, you know, as we said before, we don't want to be, you know, considered arbiters of what is and what isn't. And we're not here to try and say what is yacht right right? we're not scoring anything it's about growing you outside of the general yacht rock lists into other things that maybe fit with it so i'm thinking maybe we want to i don't know i was just thinking about possibly a a name change or something but yes because well one thing that you said just struck a chord when you said you declared it yacht at one point where i don't even feel like i was trying to declare something yacht as opposed to saying this was i would put this song on my boat yeah. Or it's in my playlist. Um, even I don't even know sometimes if the songs are official yacht or not. But I just if you're asking me, do I like it enough and consider it to be seaworthy? There you go. Maybe. I like that. Um, why do you have a name picked out? No, I don't. I just want to kind of throw it out there. I mean, because we could always go to the scale. And, you know, if I put yes. a song and they, and they say that it's 55 points, okay, then it's 55 and it's yacht. But so then that's not really what we're doing here. So I just thought maybe we want to. The question isn't yacht or not, as we've posed it. The question is probably. Does it float your boat? Yeah. Yeah, it's more like that. Does it float your boat? All right. Well, today does it. <laughs> right. Today does it float your but boat. anyway. Not will it ever or has it ever. So we can formalize the name uh, maybe in the future, but... Um, well, I'm going to ask you if it floats your boat okay. then. Just uh, try it on for size. Yes. Am I going first? So, I guess, so, yeah. I thought okay. that's what you were saying. So this song, Does uh-huh. It Float Your Boat? I can't recall if we've done this song before, but it's the perfect example of what we're talking about. Okay. Okay. So if we've done it before, you'll edit it out and I'll look just fine. Um... The song that does this song float your boat? Jay Ferguson, Thunder Island. It absolutely does. Um, I don't know that we've done it before. We've mentioned it on one of the other episodes because it's not really with yacht sounding. Not really, but it brings you into that space, and yes. you know, maybe I'm being fooled by the cover. You know, and, and <laughs> well, the, the guy word looks island, uncomfortable. And the, yeah, but it's also got the word island in there, so. Um, it's yachtical or yeah. nautical, I should say. Yeah. So, but it absolutely says yacht rock to me. Um, yeah, this yeah. is one of those ones where I feel like I'm breaking the rules, putting it on the list, but it still feels right. So, right. this one, if you ask me yacht or not, again, maybe it's not. But the question now is, does it float your boat? I would say yes. Yes, you too. Yeah. Okay. What do you got? Well, I have one that um, Chicago is a difficult one for people to decide whether it belongs in their lists or not. And um, Chicago 16 was the first album that had Bill Champlin. It's, um, really? Uh, yeah, 16. Uh, David Foster produced. So we're talking about some... Good you David know, Foster or evil, evil David Foster? Um, I think this was the good David Foster okay. at the time. Um, and this is the only song on that album that Champlin wrote. He wrote it with the drummer Danny Serafine. Um, there are additional musicians used on the album. I mean, the usual David Foster suspects, uh, Lukather. Michael Landau, David Page, Steve Porcaro, yada, yada, yada. But the, uh, this is one that people do put forth as saying Chicago can be yadi, and that's Sonny Think Twice. Sonny Think Twice. 
somewhat conflicted because Champlin and Foster, that sounds like the yachtiness yeah. when those two get together. You, you're going to hate me, but that synth bass yeah. is driving me nuts. The drums feel a little too big to me, too, on it. Right. Verby. Too, but know. they feel like they were played by Picard. I think they probably were. I think this they replaced Seraphine. Well, that's right on that the was, fence. That was part of Seraphine's uh, gradual progression out of the band was David Foster bringing uh, Picaro in to replace his parts. So, oh, really? Yeah. All right. Well, let me... You can influence you the witness. You reserve judgment? No, I'm going to let you influence the witness. What What, what do you say? I'm going to say no, actually. Does not float yeah. your boat. I love the song, but right. it does not feel like it belongs in a Yachty playlist. Okay. No. I think that's which way I'll rule then, too, because I was tempted, though, especially because of the vocal, the harmonies, the you know, they're big and they're kind of layered. Uh, Almost to an arena level, though. Yeah. Maybe. So maybe it was evil David Foster yeah, after all. True. All right. So Buried Treasure. Buried then. Treasure. I have... Uh, we actually featured this song in our radio show. We have our, our one-hour radio shows that um, air in a variety of places right now. Uh, you can find all that information at our website, right, that uh, yachtrockpodcast.com. Um, and we did an episode called Yacht Shockers, which was yachty-sounding songs from very shocking sources. And you would be shocked to know that there is a decidedly yachty-sounding album and a decidedly yachty-sounding song from Johnny Mathis. And this is from, I believe it was 1984, and this is called Simple. So the album credits on that one are all the uh, a lot of Yachty characters, uh, John Robinson, Abe Laboreal, Larry Carlton, Nathan East, Jerry Hayes. So, I mean, it was definitely Johnny Mathis investing himself into that yes. culture. Killer yep. song, man. The yeah. album is good, too. Yeah, and you unearthed it for the radio show, and I was like, what? Johnny huh? Mathis? I, know. I was looking at the list. Yeah. But yeah, man. And I had no idea it had the personnel, so that's definitely a buried treasure. Um, What's your buried treasure? My buried treasure is an artist that has already been featured on buried treasures. So I don't know if they get some sort of metal or what, but um, <laughs> Seals of Crofts. Oh, yeah. I found another one that's kind of buried. In uh, I don't know how buried it is for you, but how familiar are you with You're the Love? Boy, not at all. Might have to uh, hit me with some of that. Hit it. You're the love, you're the love. Yeah, you can hear the late 70s disco influence starting to get in there. Yeah, I think that by this time, the conversion is complete from yeah. folky, you know, yeah. and now they're definitely embracing what is now known as the yacht sound, but definitely going towards the disco. Right. But the song is really good. Yeah. It's from uh, 1978 on the, it got up to number 18 on the Billboard Hot 100. Did it so. really? Yeah. Wow. Yep. And it's familiar sounding now that you hear it, but like, I would have never gone looking for that song. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I recall it either, but mm-hmm. hmm. All right. Well, we are into the final round. Are now we? we're into the off the map. Off the we? map. Yep. So I'll go first because yours is probably better than mine. Um, but this is going back to an episode we talked about a long time ago, which was the What's Happening Now. Mm-hmm. It's all these pop culture references. And, of course, there's bands playing, making fresh music nowadays that sounds yachty. But uh, one of my completely not yacht um, crushes is uh artist by the name of Butch Walker. Very rocky. Yeah. Very almost like 
bar band right, rock. Right. Right. Just straightforward, heavy, really good stuff at times. Sometimes, you know, borderline brilliant. But he came out with a sort of a concept album, 2020, called American Love Story. And one of the first releases was a song called Gridlock. And the minute I heard it, actually, you sent it to me first. Yep, yep. And someone sent it to me. I was like, oh, you, Tom's got to hear this. Kyle Savage sent it to me, and yeah. then I'm sending it on to you. And it's like, wow. And he loves, yeah. he loves Butch Walker. He was also getting into Yacht Rock. Into Yacht Rock, yeah. And somebody mentioned something about this song sounds a little yachty. Yeah. Well, I go to the, the intro. It's not liner notes, but he had kind of a page on his website where he's talking about this new song, this new release. And his last line is, he said, also, if you're getting a mad AM gold slash yachty slash Jerry Rafferty vibe, well, I meant to do that. So here's Gridlock by Butch Walker. I hope he doesn't get in trouble. <laughs> well, you know, he's for copy Jerry Rafferty. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that is that's a cool pick. I totally forgot about that. Um, yep. that's really cool. The, the record is not all that, but obviously he, for whatever reason, that song that he wanted song. to kind of make it yeah. sound that way. So that's cool. Well, I'm going to tie back on my off the map. I want to tie back to your. Um, I guess that was your yacht or not the uh, uh, Jay Ferguson reference. Mm. So I have a song here, another one of his from a, um, a different album. This is from the album called Real Life Ain't That Way. And this is a very yachty-sounding track from him, and this song is actually also called Real Life Ain't That Way. Check it out. So it's not fully yachty, but it uh, it gets close there, and he, he is looking very uncomfortable on the cover. So that's good. Well, it gets really close. In fact, it might be closer from a sound sound, you know, sonic sound yeah. standpoint than uh, the actual. Yeah, it's got uh, sacks in there and a lot of uh, roads. Roads. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, very good. So he went from on the map to off the map to back on the map again. Right. Interesting. All right. Well, so let's circumnavigated the globe, so to speak. Yes, he did. Uh, Speaking of the globe, let's go to uh, Italy, where I'm going to again. Since you deleted it, go back to O Solo Mio. Yeah. Ready? So here we go. What key would you like it in? E flat minor. E flat. Ready? Ahoy, poloi. 